All right, everyone. As the kids start um, stepping away, let's go ahead and stand. We're going to uh, do the authority of Scripture. So we're going to follow what is here for now. Um, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it too. We're going to be on the passage on Matthew 11 again this morning. But uh, uh, let's just, uh, I'm going to read this for us this morning. And what is in bold uh, all together, we finish with that. Authority of Scripture. This is the word of the Lord. Come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flowers on the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you because uh, um, you have revealed yourself to us. So Father, as we step into the passage this morning, I pray that uh, uh, you will show us what your will is, that our hearts will be broken and will be willing to listen to what you have to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Um, as we step in, I cannot uh, not start just uh, saying how I'm coming to this place. Uh, so this week for me has been a very hard week. I was uh, thinking this morning, it felt like this week for me at least, it felt like it was three weeks all piled up all in one week. So it all started with, uh, we were supposed to have elder retreat at the beginning of uh, this week, and it uh, kind of got canceled, kind of not got canceled. We're trying to figure it out. There was some sickness going on with the staff, so we decided just to kind of try to do some good old Zoom meetings, and obviously we got a third done of what we were supposed to do. Then Wednesday came around, we had prayer, which it was awesome. Thank you, Bruce and Ali, for leading uh, a prayer. Uh, again, for everybody, every Wednesday at, uh, in the evening at 6 p.m., we're gathering here. So this month, we're not gathering as uh, community groups, and uh, we're coming together to pray. So that was really, really good. The only thing, I think, for me on Wednesday was that there was no staff, and I realized that I was the only staff beside Ali trying to juggle all the stuff uh, last minute, which was very interesting. And then Thursday and Friday, we were supposed to have our uh, yearly staff getting together and planning for 2022. And because everybody started testing positive all around, we were like, I think we're not meeting. So we can that. And I found out that I was preaching. Uh, I, was, I thought I was done with that last year. And never mind, I'm not. So I'm like, okay, now I have two days to prepare uh, preaching. As uh, Joe shared earlier, I'm leaving the, uh, the city Tuesday. I'm heading to Denver for a couple of days for Nexus meetings. And then I'm heading to Peru on Thursday. So in my head, I'm thinking about vaccinations. I'm thinking about the testing. I'm thinking about what is happening in Peru just to find out that the 16, I'm going to be gone until the 21st found out that 16 of January, all the laws are going to change in Peru. So they said, heads up, we're changing the laws in Peru. Um, that's going to be in the middle. I'm going to be in the jungle that day. So hopefully I have signaled to find out what the rules are. 
And if I need to change my plane ticket to be able to get out of the country, I'll be able to do that promptly. Otherwise, I'll see you. The last time this happened in Peru, uh, people that got stuck there, uh, they were stuck for 120 days. So I might see you in April. So that's, that's in my head. Uh, then I'm just uh, looking back at the staff that is coming with me to Peru, uh, Cliff and Joy. Uh, Cliff tested positive two weeks ago, so we're waiting for his process uh, uh, to, to get better and uh, just to be able to travel. But now we need the, uh, vaccine, the testing, the rapid test, so we can do on TV or on, on the phone, whatever it's called, you know, the um, telemeth, tele, what's it called? Telehealth, no telemath, something else. That is not appropriate. So that one, right? So it's just like, okay, now we need to get it. Uh, I got mine just to find out that theirs is not going to come for another week. So hopefully it will come on time for them to travel. So now I'm thinking about all that, thinking about insurance, thinking about my family. What, are they, like what happens if I don't come back until April? Right? And then all this thing. So I come very tired today. As I prepare this sermon, and uh, last night I was just looking at my notes and just kind of asking the Lord to, to really uh, talk to us this morning. I realized that this is actually for me myself too. So I, I want to invite you all to just step in into the reality of what we live. And the reality is that uh, we were, last week, we were you know, throwing some definitions of what rest is. And I was able to gather at least four things that kind of stuck in my head last, last week of what we think as, uh, as people, what rest is. The one thing is that uh, is, uh, is a result of crashing or burning, right? So this is a very flesh me I'm tired, and I need rest. So that was one misconception of what this rest that we're talking about is. The second one is that it takes forever to actually rest. We have this even concept, right? Vacation from our vacation, right? So we go 10 days out to the beach, and then we need another three or four days to recuperate from the beach to be able to go back, right? So that's another misconception that we have. Third is that it's more common than not that when we talk about rest, we're talking about physical rest. Fourth is a way to escape reality. A lot of us try to run to rest, turn everything off, because we don't want to hear about what's going on. So when we look at the passage in Matthew 11, we need to address that, because that's not the kind of rest that we're talking about. We're not talking about the kind of rest that uh, you're crashed and you burn, that uh, your physical rest, or that you need more vacation, or that it's just uh, time to escape and or be re-energized to get back into the crowd of life. Instead, we see this thing in Matthew 11. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open Matthew 11. We're going to be going through a lot of passages this morning, but uh, we're going to focus on Matthew 11. So the first thing is that the passage is not a random suggestion when Jesus sees people tired. So Jesus, we see this part that Jesus come in and experience my rest. He's not looking at people who are tired. Actually, when you look at Matthew 11, verse 20 through 24, we see 
that this is a passage of judgment. This is a passage that he is actually judging some cities. So let's read um, on verse, let's start on verse 20. Matthew 11. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of uh, his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Kherson. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth cloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment that Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty work done in you had been done in Sodom, it would, be, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. So Jesus is calling out the cities, cities where he had done miracles, and they had not repent. This is a passage of judgment. He doesn't come and says, come in, come to me, those are tired, for I will give you rest. He's saying, hey, you're doing something wrong. Come to me. So this is not, we're not talking physical rest. We're not talking about crushing and burning kind of rest that he's calling us into. The second thing is that the rest that Jesus is offering is a lifestyle. Immediately after, on verse 29, after he says, come and take this rest, verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you. This little phrase is actually telling people, whatever yoke you have, and we're going to talk a little bit of that later, you have to put it aside and you have to take mine. You are welcome to take mine. You're invited to take my yoke. This is a lifestyle. This is not as something that it comes and goes. This is not something that you can just put on the days that you're tired and put it off whenever you're ready to get back to do your things. Jesus' description of what this yoke, this yoke is, is based on Jesus' heart. So this is not a physical rest necessarily. If you read, continue reading on verse 29, it says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. So when we look at this passage, we are not looking at the physical rest. We're talking about an essential rest in your soul, in your heart. And the last thing is that he says, come to me. There is a change of life. Remember the, the one misconception that uh, we go to rest because it's a way to escape? This is not a time to go escape, re-energize, and come back. The Lord is calling us to his rest, to take his yoke as a new lifestyle, as a change type of life. So he's calling us to change who we are. He's looking at these people like we just read in those the cities and saying, you guys are wrong. 
you will be judged. You have not repented of your sins. So come to me. So come to me. So as we enter this concept of rest this, uh, this Sunday, as we look into this passage a little bit deeper, we have to accept this invitation, first of all. Somebody said yesterday, right? Uh, yesterday, last Sunday, um, part of the come to me is an open invitation. Come to me all who are tired. It's an open invitation to anybody. But it's a choice from our end. We can step in in this particular type of rest. So this morning, I want to focus on three topics, three specific uh, topics. The first topic is who is the source? We can step into the concept of a confession or what, what does it mean to be tired if we don't understand what the source of rest is, the contrast. So we're going to talk about the, uh, the source. The second thing is we need to understand, and this is where the, uh, the main point of the sermon this morning is, that a change needs to happen in me. Something has to change. The Lord is calling us to change. And the last part, and we're going to end up with communion this morning, is that we can come in to rest. We actually come in to rest, and our respond to that is actually a worshipful respond. And we'll look that in the passage. So these are the three points, yet there is a prerequisite, okay? So we're going to talk a little bit more about this prerequisite. But if, uh, if you want to put a, a title, if you're taking notes, your overarching title should be humility. This prerequisite to enter Christ's rest is humility. For us to be able to confess where we are, and to repent of our ways and to come into rest, it requires humility. As I read more and more in, in Matthew, I realize that uh, the Lord is offering something that I am not. It actually it, it confronts me with something that, that I am, that I need to stop being, something that I should want, that I don't want. I'm on this side of the problem. And the Lord is saying, you have to stop. Come to me and rest in me. But before I do that movement, because that movement can be a very disciplinary movement and uh, we can fall into just a routine of work. We need to understand who is the one calling. Last week, Spencer talked a little bit about that. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk a lot more about who is the, the one that has called us. But before we enter into confession and repentance, we need to talk about who Jesus is. Jesus is the, sec the secret sauce for the rest. Jesus is it. And we have to understand that he is the source. Remember, this is not, stepping into rest is not an exercise or a discipline or a magical rhythm that is going to solve my problems. It's not an app, right? 
that is going to remind me what to do. It's not, go, it's, it's not an app that tells me what the answer is. Jesus is it, is the source of the life, is the source of this new change of life, this new lifestyle. And he presents that in this passage. Before we go into, uh, into Matthew, I want, uh, I want us to go ahead and open in Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 31. Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 31. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So we find in Isaiah, this prophet of all, that he's describing who the Lord is. And the Lord God, he is the source of this rest. And now I want you to go back to Matthew 11 verse 27. This is one of the famous parts, and this is why a lot of the Pharisees and the religious people of the time hated Jesus, because he attributed himself something that he was only attributed to God. Verse 27 in Matthew 11, all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. So Jesus right here, He's taking this attribute of God. God is the only one that gives the strength. And He's saying, that has been given to me, says Jesus Christ. So when we look at these words, we're looking, we're listening to Jesus attributing something that belongs to God. Jesus is God himself. Therefore, the secret sauce is Christ himself. When it says, come to me, I have this rest. My yoke is easy. And we need to believe in that. But if that's true, then we need to compare ourselves to Christ himself. So we're going to enter, this is the, the nitty-gritty of the service. Where we come in, the title of the service, if you look at the thing, is Confession and Repentance Within Rest. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to take a sabbatical. And uh, uh, if, if you have ever been able to take some true rest and be able to push yourself to uh, be in God's presence for a long period of time, you'll see that there is always there is this battle underneath. And this battle is, is kind of like a distraction and uh, you always want to do what you want to do and you have more needs than what the Lord is requiring of you. And, and there's this push all the time, this pull all the time. That's why when we enter into rest, into this uh, thing that God is calling us, that Jesus is calling us to rest in him, we need to change our perspective. 
First of all, the question is, are you busy? Are you weary? Are you labored? What's your sin? And what is not sin? What is not from God that you are doing? There is a difference. There's a difference between you being weary and being in God's presence all the time and resting in him. And the thing is, like, he wants you to step in. He's inviting each one of us to step into his presence, into his rest every single time. But before we step in there, we have to do hard work. This is a hard word, what we're going to say right now this morning. Because when we come to confession, it requires, like I said earlier, humility. So the first point to understand this confession, to be able to step into confession and repentance, is we need to understand what humility is. Let's look at Matthew verse chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. It's interesting that Jesus Christ uses this moment after talking about the cities and being judged. He says, thank you, Father, because the only ones that get what I'm saying are these little children. Now you have to understand that during that time, Jesus is talking to these uh, uh, adults. He's talking about to these Pharisees. He's talking about to Greek men and women who are very educated. And you have to understand this word of humility. And even for us, it's a little bit hard. I was trying to explain uh, as I was typing the sermon this morning, uh, last night, and reading this morning. It's a, it's a really hard concept. It's a cultural concept. So when you talk about humility, a lot of people in Jesus' time, when you say humility, a lot of people in Jesus' times will think about this humble attitude of not attributing to, uh, to you something that is not yours, right? So like if I've climbed uh, 50 mountains, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to be humble about it. See that? But that's not humility. That's not the humility that Jesus talks about all the time. Neither to say, oh, yeah, I have all these millions of dollars, but I'm going to live in this way so that nobody knows. That's Here it, it talks about humility, but that's not the humility that Jesus is talking about. Actually, if you think about it, Jesus is always moving into this downward moving, movement of being humble and being humbled. And being humble. So the example is Christ himself. Let's go ahead. I think all of us have read Philippians 2, verse 5 through 8. Philippians 2, verse 5 through 8. It says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who thought he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by talking, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, 
and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So we see that Jesus Christ, we see in him this downward movement. So when he says, come to me, those who are weary, those who are labored, and right before he says, hey, the only ones that get this are these little ones that don't get anything. It's not the wise. It's not the ones that understand. They're the little ones, the ones that are innocent, that they're completely um, exposed. So as we step into this confession and repentance, we need to come and say, okay, where do I think I am? Who do I think I am? And repent from it. Humble yourself. Oh, I got it all together. Everything is fine. And give it up. And die to that. So are you coming understanding that you need this rest? Oh, I don't need the rest today. I'm fine today. Oh, today I'm very tired, but tomorrow will be fine. Do you understand the state of your life? Do you understand that is Christ calling you to step into his rest? Do you want the rest? Do you want to step into this invitation? Ah, not today. Maybe next Sunday when I have COVID. Are you humble enough to enter this rest? Are you humble enough to say, oh my goodness, I, I need to give it up? Do you want to be found in Christ? So this morning, we're going to do a very hard exercise. We are going to put people in, in uh, uh, positions that probably you'll have to really take your time. And we're going to try to take some time this morning. But uh, um, we got to be careful. As we step into uh, uh, repentance and confession and repentance, um, we have to understand also that this labor, it always talks about work, right? So are you labor? Are you heavy laden? Like, you're tired, physically tired. Like, Jesus is using this concept. And if you look at the next words, it's my yoke, take my yoke. You need to understand that Jesus uses this concept of yoke. It's, this is the, the wooden thing over the bull, and, you know, like they're working on the fields. And this is the picture that God uses, that Jesus uses to talk about obedience. This is a picture that God, that Jesus Christ, is talking about, hey, Whatever you're obeying over here, whether it's your work, whether it's whatever, this is keeping you anxious. This is not giving you rest. Give it up. You, you think you're good here? You think you are sufficient here? Give it up. Be humble. Take my yoke. Obey me. Remember, there is a picture of judgment. I keep talking about that. We need to understand that. So the question is, are you coming to him today? 
today, this morning. I know sometimes we look at the moment to enter the rest. We were talking about it last week. It's only on Sundays. Culturally, we unfortunately, we have created the Sunday, the moment to talk about these things. It's not the only time, but if this is your time, then the question stands. Are you ready to step in? And the issue to step in, we're, in a minute, we're going to take some quiet time. But the problem in stepping into this rest is that we're distracted. The picture of, or the memory of like, did I leave the water open? What is happening tomorrow? What is happening in a week with the government on Peru? What happens if I don't come back for three months? What if, what if, what if, and then I forget what I was doing? So the exercise of confession is accepting where I am. I have to do a good exercise of confession to understand that where I am and to understand that where I am is not necessarily where the Lord wants me to be. Somebody told me at one point, it's like, if you are alive, essentially what it means is there is still work to do. Right? Because if you were perfect, if you're like 100% in Christ's rest, you would not be alive. You're, that's what we call glorification. But if you're here, all of us are here, no one has dropped that yet, that means that there is some confession that we need to do. Where you are, there's something that where you are does not belong to the Lord. That's confession. And repentance is moving towards the come to me. Repentance is accepting that where I am, that's not where the Lord wants me to, and I need to move towards him. Somebody uh, smarter than me said this, and you, you might want to write this. To grasp the good news we need to comprehend the bad news. To grasp the good news, we need to comprehend the bad news. This is the picture of grace. Mercy. For me to understand what is it to enter his rest, I need to grasp my reality. I need to understand that I need that rest, that I want that rest. And for that, I need to humble myself and I really need to make and examine my heart and my soul or where I am. You might be here, you might not know Christ. Christ is calling you and saying, come to me. The reason why he's calling you is because he's not with you. You might know who Christ is and you're still here and you have not stopped and confessed your sins. You have not repented on your ways. And he's still calling you, come to me. So this morning, we're going to use Hebrews. Let's go ahead and open up on Hebrews 12. Zach Brown and, and I have been looking at this passage for the past couple of weeks. 
And there's two parts of Hebrews 12, uh, verse 1, that I want to bring this up to this exercise. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also, one, lay aside every weight, two, and sin, which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So there, uh, Hebrews gives us a, a good start of where do I need to confess. So what I want us to do this morning as we step into confession, see, and there is a, um, we, we wanna, I, I want to, I want to invite you to learn how to confess and to repent. So in this first part of confession, uh, we have space on, your, uh, on, on the worship guides, on your phone. But I want you to separate two things as, you, as we take a couple minutes in silence. And this is an exercise between you and the Lord. Between you and the Lord. Hebrews tells us that there's a race. There's a, another picture here of a race. And it says when you're going to race, you have to do two things. First, you have to get rid of all this weight. And then there's a comma, and there's this word and, and there's sin. So Hebrews is explaining there's two different things here that you have to get rid of. Two things that do not belong to the Lord. One is this weight and this is the thing, sometimes we get confused and we do really good things for the Lord, but still they do not belong to the Lord. And then there's this other thing that is sin, that we call sin. So sin is easy to, to explain, right? Whatever you're thinking, seeing, or doing that the Lord has said, don't do it. Pretty simple. What is your sin? What are the things that the Lord explicitly has says, do not do it. Do not steal. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. What are the things that the Lord has says, don't do that. And you're doing. That's the one side of confession. Am I putting other gods before him? Am I more interested in what's going on with football Real football. Or am I pursuing Christ? Am I putting, putting his yoke on me? And on the second part is this thing, this weight. The best way that I can explain it is um, through a history in my, in my own life. So for a long time, uh, I guided ma mountains, right? So up in the Andes. And I had a, um, the opportunity to guide for a company and make, every time I take somebody up the mountains, it will cost about $1,000. Okay, just pretty simple. And it's just, out of that, I get $700. That's it. That's it. Uh, in a week, I can probably bring up four or five people. So you can crunch those numbers, right? So I was like, oh, that, I can do a living out of this. It's pretty simple. But the issue 
is that this is not what the Lord has called me to do. There's nothing wrong with doing this. I could be doing it. I could be sustaining, providing for my family. I mean, I can justify it in biblical ways. But is this what the Lord has called me to do? So there are things in our lives that we're doing that they're not bad, but the Lord has never told us to do. So in your confession, and for the next couple minutes, we're just going to go in silence here for a minute. We're going to step into confession. And I invite you to write down. Write it down. What are those sins, the things that you're doing that the Lord has said don't do? And what are those weights, the things that you might be doing not because the Lord told you, but just because you want to or you're good at it? So let's go ahead and take a couple minutes. We're just going to be in silent and just take your time there with the Lord and confess. Every um, Sunday, uh, in the order of service, we have this part of confession in our worship uh, guides. So I invite you to go ahead and open that. And I'm going to read this. Uh, you don't need to read the bold. I just want you to follow with uh, your vision of this. This is uh, our prayer of confession. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my, strength, my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Psalm 51. This is a good exercise for us to step into his rest. We need to humble ourselves. We need to know that we need him. That where we are is not where he wants us to be. Let us not be like the churches right before that their sin was lack of repentance. If he's calling us, he's giving us an opportunity to repent. And the second part of the exercise is, is such, repentance. If we are here and we're confessing our sins, 
the turning around, the actual motion of stopping to get rid of the sin and weight that holds us back, that grips us, uh, Hebrews says, is to turn around and to move into repentance. On the other side, remember the secret sauce is calling us. It's saying, come to me. Christ is calling us, saying, I am the secret sauce, dude. Come over. So the repentance action after we have confessed is to turn and to move towards rest. That's the promise. The yoke is easy. It's light. That's his heart. That's Christ's heart for us. So what we're going to do in the movement of repentance, I want to ask you, and this might be a little bit uncomfortable, but I want each one of us this morning to find another person. If you need to get up, feel free to get up. We're going to take a minute or so. If it's the person next to you, if that makes you feel better, that's great. I, I really don't care. But we need to find somebody. Up in the mountain, there was one time, uh, Molly Tolan, uh, she comes to our church here. We went up one of the big mountains and we started, it was really bad. We came back down, it was too late. It was 9 a.m., sun was hitting on the snow on the glacier, so we are walking on several feet of snow down the mountain, and it was really, really hot. And uh, the first thing that happens after a whole night hiking in the snow and the cold is that you want to fall asleep. That's what we call the white death. You just fall asleep and you never wake up, right? And all of us, there's four of us, uh, Abby, Matt, um, myself, and um, Molly. And we're coming down, and all of us, we're like, we're so tired, we need a break. We're so tired, we need a break. We're so tired, we need a break. So halfway the mountain, around 9, 9.30, we say, all right, we can't keep moving. We're very, like, we're just dragging. So we decide to take naps. Right, so we pull off the side under a glacier wall and we decide, okay, three of us are going to sleep, one of us is going to stay up, and every 10 minutes we're going to rotate. We survived, we didn't die. Everybody's like, okay, all right. Um, but there, there's a key to movement, and the key to movement is that you have somebody else saying, are you moving? Are you alive? Are you awake? We don't get to move just on our own strength. I don't know if you noticed that. Most uh, beginning of the year, we say, okay, I'm going to do this. And if you don't have somebody to encourage you, to ask you regularly, you don't move. You don't go to the gym. You don't eat what you're supposed to do. And you forget everything that you said that you were going to do. Right? That's very typical. Uh, that's very of our nature. So what I want to ask you this morning is to find one more person. You don't need to go confess your sins to that person, so it's okay. 
But I, what I want you to do this morning, I, we do this with the uh, youth every so often in our group. But I want you to find one person, and I want you to lock eyes with that person, actually go talk to that person and say, I will check on you. And the other person to look at you and say, I will check on you. And commit to each other, at least once a week. Once a week to ask, are you heavy laden? Are you tired? Are you anxious? How's your walking towards rest? Those are the two questions. You're not asking them to confess your sins. You're not asking them for, you know, a huge consultation. You're just asking, how are you doing moving towards rest? So let's take a minute and go ahead and get up if you need to. Go look at somebody. And when you find somebody, just sit down. But commit to each other to repent and to move towards this rest. All right. You found somebody? Find somebody. Confession and repentance sounds really cute, but it's really tough. So make sure you find somebody to walk with in this process. And the third point and end of this sermon is worship. So let's go ahead and, and remember why we can do this. The secret sauce, Jesus Christ is calling us. He has given himself to us. Matthew 11, 25, Jesus Christ starts with this worship concept. At the time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father. In some uh, versions it says, I worship you. I come in awe of you. And the reality of confession, we can only confess, we can only repent, because Christ has given himself to us. That is the only reason why judgment is not upon us. Why the Hades, hell, is not in our equation. He has called us to come into his presence, into his rest. He's calling your name. He's calling my name and saying, come to me. I am rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So all we can do is thank him. All we can do is remember him, proclaim his name. Remember the one that calls us is author and perfecter of our faith. So this morning, I want to ask you in, in your families, in the family groups with the people that are next to you, to go ahead and close in, okay? And we're going to uh, share communion together. But I'm going to ask you that you point somebody in that circle. And I'm going to ask you to read 1 Corinthians 11, 
verse 23 through 26. So as you share the cup and as you share the bread, let's proclaim the name of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 26. Let's go ahead and partake. 